Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Legion of Myth live stream. Episode number 200 on the 9th of February, 2019. It's amazing we've been here for 2019 years. That's right, who has been here? I, Alex Garthon Marsh, and with me as always, the lovely, the licentious Brett Heathen Dog Christopher. Been here since 2019, huh? Indeed, we have. Oh, oh, I thought, I thought I meant you. Like, unlike that punk Jesus, he just up and left. I stuck, I stuck around. Oh, 2019 Boots on the ground, years. man. Boots on the ground. <laughs> Still with us all, my friend. There you go. So how are you today, Mr. Heathen Dog? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. I didn't get a nap like you did, but... It's important to take naps, my friend. It's true. I usually nap every day. If you I were do... old, well, yeah. Yeah, you get to do that. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't so much. But you well, know what? Well, during, during school days. Well, yeah, during school days. Yeah. See, I have the opposite. I can do the opposite. Sometimes. Uh... Yeah, that doesn't sound like an old man conversation at all. I take my naps! <laughs> I wasn't dissing Jesus Ravenslayer. That was Heathen Dog. I, I did you, it. The name Heathen Dog it. is in the title. So true. that's it's on true. him. Thought that was a Max I thing. A max thing. No, he disses everyone. That's a that's the Max that's thing. That's not me. That's not me. <laughs> I'm not saying it was a bad call. <laughs> Just saying it's what happened. <laughs> oh, you are a bad person, Heathen Dog. We've established that. Yes. And what else are we establishing in today's segment? So Heathen Dog's Heathen Dogma. RPG Fundamentals. He's not going to talk about the Dark Side source book. That's right. You're just all evil today, aren't you? I know, right? I mean, that's why. I've been reading that book all you week. You are a bad man. Crazy. Oh, that's crazy. That's right. I actually teach Sunday school, so I'm a good person. Oh, look at you. <laughs> well, no, that doesn't mean... How, how many... No, no, no. No, no see? You're about to take it bad again. See? No, I'm not see? touching it. I'm not touching it. You are a bad what, person. What you do. I say something no positive, and then you got to go and start being mean. What you do has no bearing I'm on what you are. Good person. And I got this comic pull Avengers number 14, Red Sonya number one, because you need more number ones, and Uncanny X Men number one, one. Lots of ones. Well, it's number 11, but it should be a number one, and I'll explain why. Okay. He first says, didn't say he was, it was bad. No, I'm just saying. I like to mess with Heathen Dog. You gave me an excuse. So, sure. in the RNG, we have Heathen Dog's musings. Musings. You had my musings last week. This week, it's Heathen Dog. Yep. That's right. So, so I didn't, it wasn't said as nicely. <laughs> musings is a good word. I like that word. It is. It is. It's nice. I mean, it, 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 uh, it denotes a calm, thinking, rational deal. Which, you know. Just taking flights of fancy. Another two, fun word, fancy. All right, and thank you to everyone, our top subscribers, our February top Twitch subscribers. Thank you all so much. We appreciate it. Remember, every month we have a subscriber-only giveaway. That will be happening at the end of the month. Last week I said the 16th. I'm a liar because I will not be here the 16th. That's right. So uh, the week after the 23rd. that. 23rd. 23rd. I could add seven yes. sometimes if given <laughs> enough time and a calculator. If given enough time and fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, our top donors and patrons. Thank you, Street Labs, Baldahar. Look at that. He's a, he was a hero, freaking hero right there. Through Twitch, Zon, thank you so much. Our January patrons, Brian Hicks, Sheriff, and Aaron Matthews. Ooh, he's new. Thank you, Aaron Matthews. Yeah. And through generous donations of video games, Baldahar, G-Run, Sheriff, thank you so much, everyone. As always, talk about our goals. 
because you got to have goals, kids. Got to have goals. Twitch followers Very going for 1,000. We've gained a few extra. Thanks so much. Twitch subscribers going for 100. We went down one. That's all right. YouTube subscribers. Ah, that went down too, but you know, well, I don't know why. Well, now the the uh, Twitch subscriber is a cyclical thing. People don't yeah don't, don't they forget to re-up yeah re-up right when it right when it goes right. out. But so YouTube subscribe to understand. I mean, like, that doesn't cost you anything. And mm, Patreon goal is a hundred dollars a month. So if we get that, we will have big special giveaways for those things. Like we get all the Twitch people we want, big special Twitch giveaway. Yep. But if we gain all of these for three months in succession, lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. Over a thousand dollars in prizes, big computer one of stuff. Which, yes, one of which is going to be your very own media server built yes. by me, shipped to you. He the dog will build you media server. I, I will put the. Oh, go ahead. Oh yeah, this is the good part. This I will actually paint out. you in an epic scene. You want to be an epic warlord? I'll paint you as an epic warlord. You want to be an epic space captain riding your tardigrade across the universe? I will paint that for you. Oh, Raven's Lair. No, it is not prize night tonight. It Sorry, is, it is prize night in two weeks. Yes, the the twenty third is the big prize night. Oh, where did everyone go? Everyone just everyone just left. What happened? All right, so remember, tell everyone, friends, family, relatives, people you have power over, those who owe you money. Let them know ways to assuage your anger and wrath. So tell everyone, and you know, nerds like you, everyone else, and follow us in your chosen medium, and we will get there. Uh, we have over 200 family friendly weekly live streams. Not every week, but in total. Every week we have oh, like 20. <laughs> we, no, wait. 15. We have like 15 a week at least. Well, no, Elgarian's always fa friendly, fam family friendly. Right, so it's that's, 10, that's 11, 10. Well, that's 10. 11. Just right there. Maybe 11. And then and we then got us our... here at 12. And then. Mine is technically family friendly, yes. although some, sometimes the content well, is. Yeah, little... that's like 14 there. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's crazy. Elgarian shoots every day. As we said, he's amazing. Watch him. Soda in the mornings and other games in the afternoons. He and Goth on Heathen Dog team ups, Mondays, Sundays, and the Saturday live stream. Mm -hmm. Join the Legion, spread the word. Join our Discord, follow us on Twitter, watch on YouTube, watch us live on Twitch. Many ways, audio versions, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music. Your support keeps us going. Yeah, as we talked about earlier, Patreon, Streamlabs, getting our gear, cheering through Twitch, subscribing through Twitch. We appreciate all of that. Upcoming activities, our follower and subscriber giveaway is coming the 23rd of February, 2019. Mm -hmm. Episode 202, remember that? 202. 202. That's why we scheduled that. It's easier to remember. It is. So, uh, for every, so uh, remember, prizes, we're going to give you prizes. Also, special subscriber-only prizes. Those are subscribers to Twitch. For every five entries, it'll activate up to three $25 Amazon gift cards. We have five entries. Look at one. Ten entries is two. You can do the math from there. And... Oh, I, I already chose the video games for viewers, for anyone watching. I already chose the video games, and I bought them. Oh, what are they? They are Injustice, Gods Among Us, Ultimate Edition. That is a great game. And Mad Max. That is again a great game. Yes, I didn't choose. I, I, I spent the last three weeks just looking at sales, just getting ready to pounce. And I saw a twelve-hour flash sale, and I jumped on it. There you go. So the, the, these are twenty-dollar games. I got them for a significant discount. Those are excellent games, both of them. Mm -hmm. And also, we, the Legion of Myth people, 
at least three of us, we're trying to convince the others, will be at Gen Con in 2020. To, uh, we know it's early. Ticket registrations in January. The activity signups are in May. The event is in August. We know it's early, but uh, it ain't cheap to go. No, it is not it's cheap. Not, especially it's not if like it's super expensive, but, but you know, it does require finding a hotel room and all the bunch of yeah. stuff like that. And food and food. incidentals. And it is a vacation, Take so it. vacation costs money. That's how it is. So yep, It is a giant stuff. gamer event. You can hang with us. We will hang with you. We'll have a good time. And if you want, we'll we'll run some games. We will do that. Off book, of course. Shh, quiet. Don't tell. That's right. Just, just. Well, there's a lot of off book gaming there, you know. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. You know, honestly, I, I, so. But that's what it is. Also, make sure to watch Max Leo's YouTube streams. He streams Mondays, noon to two central. Hi, the children. He is mean. He is angry. He is the angry slow. Uh, he'll game while complaining about everything in the universe on slow news days. Others will go over news things and complain about them. And you will learn that you are a much more balanced person than he is. And you'll feel better about yourself as a result. Or you'll have a kindred soul. You'll have a kindred soul to share your anger at the entire universe. Yep. There's lots to be angry about. And angry slow is angry about it all. I prefer love. The Love Garthon show didn't have a nice ring to it, though. No, it didn't. So, Elgarian, we already talked about him. We'll keep talking about him. He streams on Twitch. Prizes on every soda prizes every soda stream, which is every weekday. Don't forget, he also has Role Players of the Avatar, RPOTA.com, your premier site for resources for role playing within Shroud of the Avatar, and SodaHelp.org, the best site if you need help in Shroud of the Avatar. And it's a complex game, you're going to need some help, and that's where you can go. Sure. Yep. Or you can chat with him live while he's playing, and he will give you help or connect you to the people who can. True enough. And his evening games, Room World on Monday and Tuesday. Wednesday is whatever he feels like. Thursday is Trek Online. Friday, Saturday, Shroud of the Avatar. Woo! Ratings, you know it. Disclaimer. The opinions in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. While we make an effort to provide a family-friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasionally so foul or even offensive language. Thank you for understanding continued viewership. Now it's time for Heathen Dogs. Heathen Dogma. Where Heathen Dog is currently discussing role-playing games. So join the fun on Twitch, live, or comment on YouTube. People of planet Earth, there comes a time in everyone's life when you must step up. When the world is against you and you know that it's your turn at the plate, to use a baseball analogy, my friends. When it is down to you and no one else, whereas you staring reality in the right in its cold steel eyes. When you know no one else can take that but you. You look around, you have friends, but only the support they have is moral, because it is only you at that point who could take that stand, could take that swing, could take that strike at the ball of reality being thrown at you at 100 miles an hour by a pitcher called life that does not care if you are there. It is your time, my friend, you step to that plate. You grip that bat with all you have. The bat, which you use to call intellect and daring do. And with that, you must have a clear mind, a clear focus. And you strike at that. You take reality back to where it goes. You take control of all there is as you take that swing with Heathen Dogs, Tabletop Fundamentals. That was awesome. Thank that you. was awesome. I feel great. Now, now, now I wish I made clips. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. He's the dog here. The Love Garcia Show was part John Tetra and part Dear Abby. It's like Valdehar could read my soul. Music by Yanni. It's, it's, <laughs> that's so true. It's true. Okay. And uh, today we're going at Tabletop Fundamentals. Now, we're not going a game per se. We're just talking about a source book in a game 
The reason being was because this thing actually changed the game. And I'm going to get into that. But first, we're going to take a look at that, the particulars of this particular game. And that is publication date. The original came out in 2000. They quickly revised it in 2002. And in 2007, the Saga edition came out. Now, there is one more edition out right now, but it's vastly different than this game. It has the same name, but this is when uh, Wizards of the Coast, which is the publisher of these three, lost the license or decided not to renew it. And if you want this this uh, this gaming system, uh, the original non-revised version, which is what the this source book is from, getting the PDF is problematic. I couldn't find it anywhere not to buy. I couldn't find it anywhere to buy. Nowhere. Drive through RPG, RPG Net, uh, the Wizards of the Coast website gone. Doesn't exist. Yeah, doesn't exist on any of those sites. License anymore. Yeah, they're not. No, no one. No one's selling it. That's the problem with licensed properties. Exactly. Once the, once someone loses a license, it, it all dries up. But you can get it free. I mean, if no one's gonna if no one's gonna let you buy it, if no one's gonna take your money for this thing, then personally, I don't see a problem in going just getting it. Of course, if you want the hardcover copy, you still can get that on Amazon anywhere between nine and thirty nine dollars, depending on what edition and what level of love it's received. Or you can go to eBay and get a, a pristine copy I found today for twenty nine dollars and eighty three cents. That's including shipping. So there, there you is. go. Now, why just the source book? Why not the entire thing? Well, number one, the entire game was critically panned and uh, and the it was based on uh, OGL 3.0. So a lot of people didn't like it. But the source book, this dark side source book is the only one of its kind. It, it was not reprinted like other books in the revised. It was not reprinted like other books in the saga. It was the only book of its kind, and it actually fleshed out the entire backstory, uh, specific classes, and eras of play for dark side characters. It introduced the, the Sith classes, Sith Acolytes, Sith Warrior, Sith Lord. It introduced new dark side characters. Not, not Sith per se, but dark side definitely. Force Witch, uh, Emperor's Hand, and the Imperial Inquisitor. Now, the reason I think that this wasn't reprinted is because uh, a lot of these were in books, either uh, extended universe books after or before the movies. And since Disney bought it up, a lot of these things are no longer canon. Very true. So if you have the license, you can't you can't do this anymore. And it sucks. Because yeah, yeah. what they replaced it with is much worse. So I hate it. Well, that's debatable. It is true, but it is debatable. Yeah. It's debatable, but <laughs> it's you're not a, debate that, very long. that's just your opinion. It's the correct right. opinion. It's a correct opinion, but it's my opinion nonetheless. Now, it also opened up new eras of play. Now, not not only could you could you play a a, a dark side uh, person in the rebellion era who works for the Empire, which was common, you could play in the past as an actual Sith before the rule of two. Fair enough. Yeah, it, it, it gave it gave all the stuff you need to do that as well. Now, what I'm going to talk about first is the Sith classes. All right. I'm gonna, okay, they're, like I said, Acolyte, Warrior, and Lord, and I'm going to go over those. First, the Sith, Sith Acolyte on the left. Uh, he is a Sith priest, uh, kind of like a keeper of lore, Sith lore. Uh, he, he learns all about Sith lore, the Sith language. Uh, he learns uh, Sith alchemy. 
Sith sorcery. Oh, wait, Baldar says, if you don't agree with Hugh's opinion, that's okay. You can have your opinion. You're wrong, but that's okay. Yeah, it is fine. And uh, uh, he, uh, the Sith Acolyte is the, is the one who teaches young Sith everything that they need to know about their heritage and their power. And then you have the Sith Warrior. Now, you could think of him as a Jedi Guardian, but Darkseid, if you did that, you'd be wrong. Because the Sith Warrior isn't just trained harshly. He's trained... Uh, he's tortured, basically. He's tortured until he's broken several times throughout his training. And then remade in, into the image of a heartless killer. Who is born and bred only to kill Jedi. That's right. his job. Well, yeah. And who's, who's the puppet master of all this? The Sith Lord. The Sith Lord are, are masters of the, the, both the dark side of the Force, like a Sith Acolyte, and of just in-your-face, cut-you-in-half savagery like the Sith Warrior. He has the ability to enhance minions, to actually give them more power, bequeath them Force abilities. Oh, that's and handy. He has, oh, I know. And he has the control of vast resources. That's handy, too. Yes. It's just, it's friggin' outstanding. I mean, uh, his his ability to enhance his minions only is only it's a, it's a tenth level ability. It's the highest level of the prestige class. But uh, if if you have say, uh, uh, force choke at rank ten, and who would? you can you can give that ability to one of your minions at whatever rank you want. You just take that power from you and you give it to him point by point basis. And every day in the morning that the Sith Lord can spend vitality to keep that going keep you powered it's freaking crazy that is crazy of course like the instant you anger him you have no power oh yeah yeah if you if you screw up you can ever you know he can just stop it right there which is good yeah because he's a sith that's what they do you know there's victory and then there's death yeah. that's it now they also introduced dark side classes now these are more rebellion era and afterward into into the extended universe uh, the Dark Force Witch first made an appearance in uh, the courtship of the book, The Courtship of Princess Leia. All right, they are they're from a planet called Dathomir. Now, the uh, the the Datho in the in Dathomir, only the women are force sensitive, and some sometimes they go bad. You know, there's bad eggs everywhere, and oh, they yeah. get kicked out. They get kicked out of their of the tribe, and well, then they grouped into the land of Nod or whatever they call it, where they where they're banished to. And they became the Dark Sisters, and they're Dark Force witches. And they've been doing it so long that they got their own prestige class. Why not? They they are fanatical students of the dark side. I'm talking like a, a Sith acolyte could take some some cues about you know pumping it up to ten from well, these ladies. Well, you know, right? they lost everything for us. They might as well go all in. Exactly. That's exactly what they do. Now they're less refined than Sith, but that makes them more versatile. All right, they're 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 not uh, crouched into a single way of thinking like the Sith are. Like the only way to advance is through pain. The only way to conquer is through destruction. No, the the, the dark side isn't just violence and death. It's also you know uh, bringing people to your way of mind by whatever means necessary. It doesn't mean violence, and the, and the dark witch knows that. Fair enough. And then there's then there's the emperor's hand. The emperor. Uh, had these had these uh, people who are force sensitive trained to be assassins. Why? Why do you want a force sensitive assassin out there? Well, that's handy. 
Well, it's handy, but he knows that Order 66 didn't kill all the Jedi. So, if you're going to send someone to kill a Jedi, it better be a Dark Force user. And an assassin. Like Boba Fett, that can alter your mind. That's crazy. That's handy. That, that's scary. Handy. I get it. I see what you did there. Yeah, it's a, it's a joke. That was good. All right. And then there's the Imperial Inquisitor. The Imperial Inquisitor is an interrogator of the Emperor. All right. Now, the, he's, he's especially trained. But Mara Jade. Yes. Thank you, Ravenslayer. Very good. Uh, Mara Jade was an Emperor's hand. Now, uh, uh, the Imperial Inquisitor has vast authority because he's basically, he or she is basically the Emperor's Gestapo. I mean, the secret police. Uh, he has the authority to go anywhere do anything grand moff tarkin couldn't couldn't say boo to an imperial inquisitor like I'll, i want to see all your computer files he'll go all right or he'll be killed that's it they they use the force to assist in their interrogations now you see i have that in quotes it's not, not really interrogation it's more of uh what's the other word for that um torture torture that's it <laughs> yes to assist in their torture because that's basically what they're for they get the truth by any means necessary and the most expedient way is usually by uh screwing with someone's head and body or both at the same time so they don't know how to lie anymore meh, meh. they're not all right now people. also i want you I want to go go to the next slide i want you to see these guys remember these guys yeah i remember those guys yeah you saw them in the movies but un unless you read the books before and after the you know the the books during the rebellion before the rebellion you don't know really who these guys are first is the royal guard the guy on the on the left he's the guy on red now you see him in, in wherever the emperor is he has royal guard with him they don't do much they just kind of hang around and look i don't know monolithic i guess what they are are imperial soldiers that were both force sensitive and ruthless well immediately the emperor Uncle Wrinkles, that's right. Immediately, the, the Emperor, Uncle Wrinkles, uh, recruited them, sent them to an isolated planet to be uh, trained. It's like a mixture of training and psychological torture to, uh, to be both ruthless killers and force atoms. Because they, were, they had to protect the Emperor with their, with their physical fighting ability. Failing that, they had to use the force to keep him alive long enough for help to come around. That was their job. And of course, you know, uh, if, if you remember in Return of the Jedi, uh, the Emperor sent his Royal Guard out of the room because he felt completely safe against Luke Skywalker and, and, and Vader. He kind of made a mistake with that one. Yeah, he kind of boned on that one. And then on the right, that's Palpatine's inner circle from the prequel movies. Now, they look like cronies and losers who are just, you know, lapdogs, especially the guy with the with the phallus hat. You I like just want to say, the Royal Guard has a really bad track record. They've lost like yeah, two they... emperors in a row. I know, I know. Do they have like a sign-up in their lunch area? It's been 28 days since you lost an emperor. They're like, oh, man, they got to go erase it, you know. Exactly, exactly. Now the movie. it's true. Palpatine's inner circle. They ever everyone thought, including me, watching the movies, you thought they were they were just, you know, uh riding on the Emperor's coattails to to try and get some crumbs from yeah, the table. Crumbs right? and bad hats, yeah. Exactly. No, no. They were they are dark side devotees. Trained training 
in training by the emperor well at this point uh chancellor palpatine to one day take over all of the moths and governor's positions on all the planets in the republic so he has a much tighter control over all aspects of his empire that was his plan for these yahoos and they were no joke they they actually gave the air of being hangers on and cronies and stuff so people would ignore them that's when you learn the most about someone when they're not looking at you right and Makes so sense. that was yeah that was that was pretty cool i mean i like that and if you didn't read all of the books and you just watched the movies you wouldn't know who these guys are or what they can do or their their backstory or what so i'm glad i got this book just for that i'm like wow i wondered why these guys were around so much now i know there you go that's great now the third part is is the the expansion of the era of play now more than five thousand years bby that's the battle of uh the of yavin stars. 4 oh. no ah ah where's my mute garthon button damn it i don't have it all right uh but before the battle of yavin uh there was uh, this is between twenty five thousand years ago and five shares new immediately there you go that's right uh 25,000 and 5,000 they don't know exactly when uh hyperspace travel started 25,000 years bby but the this uh this rogue jedi offshoot happens somewhere in between these two dates now uh the rogue jedi they they were like what's what's wrong with the dark side man i mean dark and light together it's it's like a force sandwich you got to eat the whole sandwich and the jedi were like nope get out they're like, no get one out. likes cilantro on their sandwich. You get out. You get out. That's just grass. You get out. It tastes like soap. You guys are freaks. So uh, they were they were being hunted by by the Jedi. So they left, and they went to the other side of the galaxy. It's pretty far. And that's where they stayed. Oh yeah, that's where they stayed. You know, and they actually uh, found a planet. They colonized it, and they found an indigenous species called the Sith. And the species was primitive and worshipped them as gods because of the powers they had. Well, they went and, you know, they went and uh, embraced this idea. Sure, why not? You know, because, you know, they're they're new on this planet and having a whole bunch of slaves is a really fun idea. And uh, they they interbred with with, with the Sith. And throughout the thousands of years, the Sith came to be. You know, the, the actual culture was created and honed. Now, Sith uh is kind of like the way i understand jew and jewish like i could convert to judaism and i would be jewish but i wouldn't be a jew a jew is someone uh from uh, who was born and raised in a culture as well as as a way of life a religion also your These... mother has to be jewish that's a big thing well yeah yeah but i, I could convert and... right but not even for the whole racial thing Right, right. Your mother has to be Jewish. Then, then you are born into the Jewish tradition, and then you're considered a Jew. Yeah. So, Sith in this in this case is both a culture and a way of of uh, seeing uh, the Force. Yeah. So it's both. Yeah. All right. So, what happens next? Uh, the, you can also play in the Sith Wars. There are two of them. Uh, when the when the uh, Empire. Not the Empire. I'm sorry. When when the Republic rediscovered uh, the, their lost Jedi, the the now Sith Empire, uh, five thousand years BBY, a Republic scout ship. Then that uh, this entire time, the Republic was 
expanding its frontiers, gaining new member worlds. And so scout ships were going out all the time to, to map uncharted space. And one of them found Sith space. And they were captured. And one, one Sith Lord saw an opportunity when the, the Dark Lord of the Sith, the, the main Sith Lord that was in charge of the entire Empire, died. There was, a, there was a power vacuum, there was a power struggle. No one was calling the shots for a minute. So he allowed this, this, this Republic scout to escape, get back in his ship and fly back to Republic space. He put a tracker on that ship, all right? He followed it with a vast armada of Sith warships. And when, uh, when, the, uh, when, the, when the scout ship got back to Republic space, so did the Sith warships and they went on a tear. For years, they were, they were just munching through Republic space. Because the, the Republic had never faced an enemy so technologically advanced, so massive, and so ruthless as the Sith were. And they would throw uh, non-Force-sensitive Sith like, like Russians throw people at a war. They would just, like, just numbers and numbers and numbers. It's overwhelmed. Now, the Sith had greater numbers. They had greater ferocity. But the Republic was technologically more advanced and in a long-term conflict it's it's what got the republic the w all right the the sith were all but all but wiped out now the second sith war happened a thousand years later a renewed sith uh, with now modern weapons because they never they, they they stayed a little closer to republic territory so they could you know stay on par with republic technology came at the republic again and waged war again Years again go by. Lessons, you know. I know, right? They don't learn, but Evil, they, they still. Dumb. Yeah. Now, uh, this time, a Force WMD was used. Uh, the Thought Bomb, I believe it's called. I believe it was called. And uh, it was it was used on the planet Rusan. And it was, it was a climactic battle against the Sith and the Jedi. And the, the, the Sith were not going to win. The planet was surrounded. All their people were on the planet. They were sending waves of Jedi in and guerrilla tactics and pushing in, pushing out. You know, that they were not going to win. So they set off the thought bomb. Destroyed everyone on the surface. Yay, hey, Pax! Thank you. Thank you for the description. Wow, seven months. I know, right? That's, That's impressive. crazy. It is. Thank you, Pax. Everyone on the planet was psionically destroyed. It was like trancers. All their heads blew, blew up. It was it was. It was now, who bananas. set this off? The Sith? The Sith set it off, yes, because they knew they were going to die. They want to go out with literally yeah, take a some Jedi with you. Exactly. Take a lion's share of the Jedi with you, which is what they did. But one Sith got away. They thought all, all the Jedi thought, oh, oh, the Sith are dead. Finally. Jesus, let's wash our hands of this and go. One Sith got away. He decided, nope, I'm not going to die with these fools. It was, a, in, it was an incompletely trained brand new Sith Lord called Darth Bane. He's the one who came up with the rule of two. He saw that throughout the throughout the uh, entirety of of the Sith Empire, there were there was always infighting, and that's what weakened the Sith. That's why they keep losing. So he instituted the rule of two: one master, one apprentice. No one else can be trained in any prestige class that has the word Sith in it. Sith Lord, Sith Warrior, Sith Acolyte. That's it. Only two. If you want to train someone else, what someone's got to die or someone's got to get murdered. 
then the, then the survivor can train the next one. And that's what happened for the next thousand years, right up until the emperor's, well, the next almost thousand years, right up until the emperor's reign. And I wouldn't know any of this backstory if I, if I didn't have this book. Now, they have a book. I forget what it's called, but a, a book on the rise of Darth Bane. You should get it. I have it. I don't remember the name of it. I have it. I've read it. It's an excellent book. Like a novel? It's an excellent book. Yes, it's a novel. And it turns out Darth Bane was actually recruited by the Jedi during this war because he was Force-sensitive. He was found to be Force-sensitive. He was working at a, at a crappy mining asteroid. You know, and he was yeah. being worked to death un until they found out he was force sensitive. Then he was sent to the front lines with minimal training. He was captured by the Sith and recruited by them. Converted. Sounds like it'd be real easy recruitment at that point. Like, wow, these Jedi's were total yeah. jerks to you, weren't they? Exactly right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, the the war was getting so desperate toward the end that both sides were were throwing basically using child soldiers. Uh, Raven Slayer says Thrawn something or other by Timothy Zahn. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Timothy Zahn wrote uh, wrote a couple of books about Grand Admiral Thrawn. Sherry's asking, and is this a D20 Thrawn. book? Yes, this is this is the D20. Yes, this is the D20 book, and I'm going to talk more about that in my RNG. Mm. Yes, but uh, that is that is it. That is the the dark side source book for the uh, Star Wars D20 role playing game. Now, like I said, the reason this is this source book and not the whole game is because this source book opened up so much of a game it's more like a it's more like a, a second core book a, a dark side core book the original book is a light side and this is a dark side core book but it was it was uh priced and called a source book priced as and called a source book so man i mean this opened up twice the amount of campaigns you could possibly do it, it gave you uh one two three four five six six extra prestige classes whole bunch of new feats whole bunch of new skills so much backstory so much so much gaming uh possibility it was freaking it was freaking bananas it's great sounds very nice thank you he the dog you're welcome so what are your thoughts what do you think of my segment uh what are your thoughts on star wars d20 i throw, only throw played in the, comments. the original d6 system of star wars i found that very cumbersome i didn't like it, it. is now, a cumbersome system it is now uh next next time i'm going to be starting another eclipse phase segment because we got a got a, a youtube request for uh for a, a grander character generation in eclipse phase so i'm going to be researching that in the next two weeks because that's, right. a, that's, that's a that's a very meaty game yeah it is yeah it's a meaty game yeah all right. Well, thank you very much, Heathen Dog. We appreciate it. You're welcome. As always, make sure not to miss an episode of When Heathen Dog Speaks and Imparts Wisdom Upon the Galaxy. So if you're on Twitch, you can follow. Like, hey, that's great. What's better than following? Subscribing! Ah! Pax did that just a little bit ago. See how much happier he is already? Trust me, he is. Sarah says, which version the D6? Weston or Wizards version did you like? I like the West, West End because I played it. I didn't play the Wizard D6 version. Uh, but he'll talk about that later. Also, subscribe on YouTube. He subscribes. Zap, zap, zap. Oh, yeah, I subscribed on YouTube. Now I know when the videos are up because we break them apart and put them on YouTube. It's true. And for more Heathen Dog, we can catch Heathen Dog on YouTube, past streams, past Twitches, anime and RPG segments, team ups, past streams, many different games, mainly like really depressing ones or terror games. It's the ones that are bought for me. It's not my fault. <laughs> we do that because we like to watch you cry. I mean, we like to watch you triumph over adversity. Yeah, that's it. That's the ticket. Yeah. So make sure to watch Heathen Dog's special Heathen Dog only stream at Monday, 8 p.m. Central. Currently doing DLC of This War of Mine. Yep. 
Thank you, Heathen doing Hawk. fairly well. Yeah, I'm sure you do. You're doing good. You're doing good. I do believe you're doing good. Thank I wasn't you. just kidding with you. You're doing great. And now it is time for Garthon's comic poll, where Garthon reads recent comics, comics that came out that week, and gives you his opinion of them, so you can stay abreast of happenings with your favorite Marvel, DC, and other comics. Let's play that beautiful theme song. Any time now, beautiful theme song. I said any time now. It's hard to find good help these days. And go! Yes, Garthon's comic pull. Garthon buys comics. He reads them. He tells you about them. First, Avengers number 14. Were you aware the War of the Realms is coming in two months? Because it is. It is. War of the Realms? War of the Realms. It's coming in two months. I know that because Marvel has a plaster on almost every comic. Yeah. They're really okay. putting a lot of... Yeah. Uh, <sighs> Uh, I haven't seen them push this much effort into a big multi-crossover event since uh, Secret Empire. And that was just that was banging good. All right. <laughs> <sighs> or the Realms might be something. It's They already destroyed Asgard. How you, I don't know, whatever. Anyway, Avengers number 14 has been written by Jason Aaron, art by David Marquez, colors by Justin Ponser and Eric Garciniega, and cover by David Marquez and Justin Ponser. And let again, let me reiterate, I hate the current version of the She-Hulk. Like all right-thinking people. Yep. Interior art's pretty good. I really liked it. Um, good sense of action, good sense of style. Uh, craziness is happening. Um, in case you didn't know, Dracula is a canon part of the Marvel Universe. Okay. Yep. It isn't just like, oh, remember in the 70s they had Dracula? Or remember that weird book in the 50s and Marvel had Dracula? No, he's always been a pretty serious part. At the point where you would think, no serious book is going to include Dracula. No, they're, they have Dracula. Um, they reintroduced Blade as a character and say he's joining the Avengers. Uh, apparently because there's a big vampire war coming. Okay. Yep, yep. So the is Shadow Colonel... the World of the Huh? Huh? No. Is, is, no. No. So the War of the Realms is actually all Asgard stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair. Niflheim, Sliflheim, Biflheim, Jotunheim, 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 Angryheim. <laughs> you know, all the Heims. Blade, they have like, yes, Blade now definitely looks like Wesley Snipes. Def well, at first he had an afro, right? <laughs> yeah, at yeah. first he looked very, yeah. uh, he looked a lot more like. Uh, thicker jawed, kind of look more like a, a 70s black exploitation hero. Sure. Yep. You know, gold chains. Now black he dynamite. definitely looks, yeah, now he definitely looks like Wesley Snipes. And has yep. for a while, on since since the Wesley Snipes Blade movies. Yep. Dracula is a public domain character. Yes, he is. He is. So anyone can put Dracula in their book because he's public domain. So, but. Right now in the Avengers. There are wacky stuff happened, but there's a major like vampire war going on where like the Shadow Colonel and his Legion, who you see on the left, they're all vampires, by the way. Uh, okay. And they've gone to war against Dracula. They torched the mansion. They killed it, and they tried. They were there to kill Dracula. They killed all his followers, uh, but Dracula's not there. Um, meanwhile, uh, while the Avengers are trying to fly the heck out of there after rescuing Blade. 
uh, their plane Someone is like it. beset by vampires. So they're having to fight off vampires on a plane. Wait, this is ah. a different. Wait, this is a different plane. That was a different. Oh. But anyway, oh, okay. they're on All a right. plane. Vampires on a plane. Right. Basically, like these vampires like took over this plane, and Captain Marvel, who's a pilot, flew Blade onto the plane because he's good at killing vampires, and she can fly a plane. So good combo. Um, so her job is to fly the plane and to fight vampires one-handed while Blade goes and murders a whole bunch of vampires on the plane. Hey, okay. Yep. So it's actually an interesting setup in that well, if he's just crazy, he's all these vampires everywhere. I, I, I'm a little fond of like when these go a little crazy. And when you say, vampires everywhere! It's like, this is the Avengers? And they're having a vampire? Sure, why not? But, like, all the hundreds of vampires in the world are now fighting each other, essentially. Like, there's those who are still loyal to Dracula, and those who are loyal to the anti-Dracula forces who are like, Dracula sucks. Ha! <laughs> you know, Dracula's weak. <laughs> He's been a vampire. He's been around forever. And look where it's gotten us. He hides in a freaking medieval castle in the middle of nowhere. He's a freaking joke. We're vampires. We should be in charge. And he's keeping us down. And other people are like, but we love Dracula. Yay! Well, the vampires. Yeah, Pax says that's what I thought. Putting Dracula in this gives it a weird League of Star Gentleman vibe. Very much. Very much. Um, eventually, the event, uh, Captain Marvel Blade kill the, kill the dudes on the plane. And the Avengers run into Transylvania because everything is all going to hell there. It's it's just freaking vampires everywhere. Round zero for vampire yeah. war. Uh, Pax says, I see what you did there. Oh, got it. Okay. Then the... They end up capturing uh, Shadow Colonel, who's the head of the uh, Legion of the Unliving, and his dog. The big skull face thing? Yes. Okay. And wait, wait. Uh, is that is that Swamp Thing on his shoulder? It Well, that'd be Man-Thing. Man-Thing, sorry. Man-Thing. And it's like a little... They never explain it, and I'm not sure. It looks like a baby Man-Thing. It's like it's shackled to him. It's like a prisoner. Oh, wow. Okay. Alrighty. Yeah, so... I, I don't know. Anyway, they capture him, and they try to interrogate him. He's like, I'm not telling you guys crap. And they figure he's pretty soon that, oh, he's definitely a vampire. He's definitely a very powerful vampire. And he's wearing that breathing apparatus because he'll, like, explode if he takes it off. I don't know why, but he will. So it's good for everyone to keep that on him. Mm-hmm. So while or he's, he's just lying about that. Yeah. While he's in the Avengers base, you know... The, Blade's like, let me interrogate him. They're like, well, I don't know, Blade. You don't, you don't. It's like I've been dealing with these fingers my whole life. I'll go deal. Like, oh, all right, Blade, you go in there. What's it gonna hurt? Uh, Razor Layer Three says that's a Nexus Guardian Fest Man thing. Oh, could be, probably okay. right. Uh, so Blade starts interrogating Shadow Colonel. Shadow Colonel's like, yeah, you loser half breed. I got nothing to say to you. You're blood is weak and I don't like you anyway. He's like, ah, eventually managed to piss him off enough after insulting his mother that Blade starts roughing him up. And the Avengers are like, huh. You notice how he, how he's getting more information out of us than we are out of him? And notice how he seems like be enjoying where he's at right now? And someone says, where'd his dog go? Like, huh? Oh. And then, the dog? Oh. And then, you know, they get a message from Iron Man. It's like, I think I just saw, like, a skull dog, like, walk through a wall. <laughs> like, how'd that, how'd that work? Is, is that new here? Did we get one of those? 
Because <laughs> it was a little scary. I don't think I like that as a mascot. And then the, uh, it goes to Ghost Rider, who starts hearing voices like, what are you doing? Basically saying, why are you hanging out with these losers? You're the spirit of vengeance. You should be vengeancing stuff. He's like, you know, you shut up. You go away. And then, like, there's, like, some weird cryptic sayings that seem like be, I invoke Nosferatu. I invoke... Uh, Whatever the name of Spirit of the Spirit of Vengeance is basically he's like, no, like you start to see like him light on fire. It's Vision of Scarlet Witch's new pet. <laughs> ah, there you go. That wouldn't surprise me. Um so eventually you start seeing Ghost Rider just freaking out, the new Ghost Rider. His power start erupting from him as he turns into like the big evil spiky version of himself. Super. And uh, you see the person who's been invoking it standing behind him is the skull faced dog, who apparently can talk. Oh, awesome! Because that's not bone-chillingly frightening. Yes, they took. It actually is a really terrifying image. <laughs> if you like some gothic, some good horror, co- some like vampire horror, this is actually a good book for you. Okay. If you always wished that they would mix like the Blade movies with the Avengers movies, this is the comic book for you. Awesome. And then it ends. The comic ends with the the guardian the. Uh, the Soviet super soldiers, the guardians, watching mm-hmm. their border, like, yeah, if any vampire show up here, it's going to kill him. We're tired of these cry- this crap. He's like, you know, that's far away. And then they see, wait, there's, there's, we still, still, they go to the border, and there's one old vampire there wearing, like, classic Dracula robes and stuff. Looks like a kind of old man. And he's uh, just hanging out on the street in the border, and he looks all noble and stuff. And he says, I'm a royal refugee fleeing troubles in Romania, seeking political asylum in Russia. My name is Vlad Tepes, Prince of uh, Prince of Latvia, Count Dracula of Transylvania. Please, I have lost my ancestral home and I have lost everything. I just want to know peace in the humble twilight of my life. Um, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he shows up at Russia with the people who hate the Avengers, who will give him political asylum just to tick off the Avengers. I don't know. I mean, there there's putting your thumb in someone's eye, and then there's inviting a literal mass murderer to live with you. That mass murderer or know. defender of his people. I'm gonna go with mass murderer. Actually, if you look at history, he's defender of his people. If you look at the this... history of what Vladimir, Vladimir Suspeci did, he did everything he could to save his Christian nation from an Islamic assault. No, no, I'm talking about this comic book draft. Oh, okay. Where he just like drank a bunch of blood. Yeah. Guardian is alpha flight. Right. I'm trying to remember the name of the super soldiers. Um, ah, cause they're called like the red guard or something. Mm. The Soviet sentinels, the winter guard. That's what they're called. Winter guard. Okay. Yeah. Cause one of them is actually complaining, you know, when we reformed the winter guard, I didn't think we'd actually be standing guard. And, uh, yeah, they actually ended up having, yeah. So that was a good, like, ending. Like, dun-dun-dun, Dracula's there. It's like, wait, oh my gosh! So, <laughs> see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, I referred to the Dracula Sucks comic. So the, uh, this book was kind of crazy. I didn't like the Ghost Rider, like, being controlled. There's done a lot of, like, the new Ghost Rider not being used to his powers. He's been Ghost Rider for, like, five years now. Mm. Real time. He should be freaking used to it. Maybe it's closer to three. Either way, he should be used to being Ghost Rider by now. You know? 
Uh, there was actually a really cool scene where they were fighting vampires, and Ghost Rider is sending them to hell by throwing them in his trunk. Hey, because you got a portal to hell in your trunk. Yeah, the trunk That's has a portal awesome. to hell in it, so great. <laughs> it works hey, out man. well. But yeah, um, interesting book, kind of crazy. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was low on annoying She-Hulk stuff, and high on super awesome vampires fighting Avengers and crazy death stuff and Dracula. stuff so yeah. i liked it i liked it i'm i'm going to give it the garthon gold standard uh -oh. of four stars oh there it is four stars for avengers four number 14 oh baldahar's here he could throw it anytime well you know it takes time it's true moving on he missed his cue red sonia number one Wait a minute, you say. Last month, didn't you just do Red Sony number 14? Yes, I did. Uh -huh. New creative team. New direction. New Red Sonya. Ah, uh, he just did it now. Bam. Why there it is. He... I wonder why the audio didn't work. I have everything running. Something's weird to go on the computer. So, Red Sony number one. Uh, written by Mark Russell. Art by Mirko Kolak. Colors by Dearbois Kelly. Yes, I know that looks like I just banged my hand on the keyboard. That is how it is spelled. Oh, wow. All right. Dearbois Kelly. Awesome. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, cover by Amanda Connor and Paul Mounts. So, that's a cool cover. The book looks nothing like that. Uh, the art in the book is okay. It's not bad. It's serviceable. Um, it, to me, it doesn't have it. It doesn't have the beautiful, clean lines that the previous art team had. But it also doesn't have that '70s fantasy feel that, like the savage sort of Conan or the original Red Sonia's had. Um, it's not bad art. It just doesn't invoke anything to me. Also. I have an issue with the writer in that the previous writers, um, Amy Chu and such, made it feel like you were reading a Robert E. Howard novel. They spoke in grand terms. Um, they used uh, like a, a pseudo-fantastical, a pseudo-fantasy, pseudo-medieval way of speaking. Mm -hmm. And it worked really well. You felt like you were part of that world. This guy, these people say stuff like, well, yeah, but... Like, no, that's not what they would say. Roddy Howard never wrote a line like that. Um, the plot line kind of follows something Howard would do. You should never go by Howard would only do this, of course. He's dead. He's been dead a very long time. And he wasn't perfect. But it's just a little too much where it feels too modern. Everything about it feels too modern. Not the settings, but the way everyone talks and interacts feels too modern for me. It doesn't feel mm. like I'm reading a sword and sorcery book. Right. Um, the way they talk is just too casual, too modern. Uh, the storyline involves an established Sonya heading uh, back to her homeland because, well, she's just kind of wondering, really. Uh, at the same time, um, 
the Emperor of... Eh, it doesn't matter. But the new... There's Emperor showing up. He's taking over Stygia, taking over all these lands. Uh, here in these pages I'm showing you, you can see him interrogating the former king of Stygia. And... You know, the, the new Emperor says... It's like, so, you stand attempted of, a, of trying to assassinate Dragon the Magnificent, the Emperor of Zamora, ruler of divinely ordained Master of the World. It's like, whoa, there's some mistake. I never I never threatened the life. It's like, ah, but you did. You know very well it's been prophesied that I will die the instant my kingdom stops expanding. So by trying to stop my expansion, you were trying to kill me. Okay. He's like, remind me, Foghorn, what is the uh, penalty for attempted regicide? It is to be sealed in a sack with 20 scorpions, 10 starving rats, and a goat. Then to be thrown in the river of blood. Oh, yes, that's right. The scorpions symbolize treachery. The rats, your cowardice. I forget what the goat represents, but you get the picture. So, I, that's a, funny. You know, it sounds like something you would throw out in your D&D game. You know, yes. for laughs. It does not fit in a Red Sonia book. It, it, it isn't serious. Yeah, not, the... The uh, the dichotomy of what you're seeing and hearing is just too too drastic. Yeah, it, it it this whole book feels like someone's D and D session. That's really what it feels like. That's the best way of putting it. Which some people like, I'm sure are gonna dig that it's less stilted, it's less you know, you know the and thou. You know they're gonna like that a lot better. Me, I miss that feel that the old creative team had. This feels like a very different book. Yeah. Brad Raven's lately, too much to be desired. Um, but in the end, basically what it happens in the book is the Emperor is like, okay, where should I expand my kingdom next? He asks the king. The king says, well, the Emperor says, well, I was thinking of expanding here. The, the former king is like, Hyrcania, they, all they have there are like moth-eaten horses and horse patties. They, they're subsistence farmers, and they're wild and really barbarians. You should really stay away from there. There's really no reason to take it. And it would not be worth your resources. He's like, oh, well, that's why an emperor and you're a king. Then he has him killed. And so, well, he, that's when he gets put in the sack and with the scorpions and everything. So, I give him credit. They actually followed through with putting him in a sack with scorpions and rats and a goat. That happens. Uh, meanwhile... Wait, did you ever find out what the goat was for? No, they never tell you. Damn. It, it's for a joke. That's what it's for. I know, but it's going to bug me now. Uh, the goat represents... It's a scapegoat to take away any blame you have. Oh, all right. Carry on, then. The, so, while this is going on, Redstone, you just kind of wander around, then someone catches up, they're like, oh, they need you in your hometown. He's like, yeah, my hometown sucks. Like, no, they need you so much. Please, please, you must go with us. Fine. So she kind of shows up, like, oh, it's just so great to see you. The less of you, I split her everywhere. She's like, yeah, I don't need this crap. They're like, so, you know, of course, we must, we will rely on your help. She's like, yeah, I guess. And they're like, great, all right. Uh, we as the Council of Elders all uh, have agreed uh, that Sony should be our new queen. Aye. All right, great. And they all leave. She's like, wait, what has what just happened? What just, what just? Uh-oh. And then, you know, someone comes out, yeah, hey, uh, I'm so-and-so, I'm your cupbearer. And uh, you have a, you have someone from the from uh, the Emperor of Zamora waiting to speak with you. And basically that person shows up and, you know, gives them a scroll of like, you will serve the emperor, your children will serve the emperor, your goats will serve the emperor, your horses will serve the emperor, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. She's like, yeah, I could just read the rest myself. And so when she, and then she goes in like a big interior monologue about like, yeah, these people screwed me, but I'm used to it. I have no loyalty to these people. But they found out that she has one living family member left. She has one cousin left. 
And that's why, if that's enough to get her not to just say F you people and leave at that point. Which, to me, is not enough. No, no. You you go get your cousin, and you both leave. Right. That would... See, you just that's, solved the whole easy. problem. Yeah. yeah but no, she's ball. like, oh, no. Oh, no. How can I? I only have one family member left. He's an idiot like they are. So... Screw him. Um, so she ends up, like, plays along, and she sends back a response to the Emperor, and it and when the Emperor gets it, he, the Emperor says, here's the response. It's like... Uh, well, open it up, and it's a skull. It's like, a skull? Well, that's different, but I'm intrigued. Go ahead. And basically reads a thing saying, yeah, all we got are cow patties and dead things, but, uh, but hey, screw you. We're fun to fight back. Then he, oh, then he finds that the skull is actually full of horse dung. <laughs> See? We got lots of it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but basically, I can stole the whole place. Uh... Let me get the exact line since I wasn't going to, but now I will. It says, she, but she says, uh, I've not been queen long, but I have been here canyon all my life. Let me tell you, we do not make good servants. We are st- a stubborn and petulant people. Trustworthy, we're not. And I say this from personal experience. We're also very poor. Then you see a scene of, how much for the shoes? Five coppers. How much for one shoe? So I'm not sure <laughs> how much you're hoping to gain from us. But what we do have, we gladly offer you. And that's when she, he finds all the horse dung in the skull. It's like, what's, what's, what's inside this thing? Uh, I believe that's horse shit, Your Holiness. Okay. Well, first I'm going to change my robe. And then I'm going to call up an army. All of our cavalry and, all the, and everything we have. And I'm going to some of the largest fighting force the world's ever seen and go on invasion myself. So. Okay. All right. It was amusing. I'm not going to say it wasn't fun. a fun read. It was amusing. But to me, it didn't feel like a Red Sonja book. It felt mm. like I was reading someone's D&D session. Um. It had some amusing parts. It was I was amused the whole time, but I never got that visceral thrill I want from a Red Sonja book or a Conan book. Um, I want to see some head chopping action. I got no head chopping action. I mm. uh, you know want to see some Bikram and you know weird magic. I it didn't feel at all like a Red, like a Red Sonja, like a Conan, like a Robert e. Howard story. It's okay. I don't like the art as much as the last art. I don't like the writing as much. As a jumping off issue, it gives a feel for what the creative team is doing. Mm-hmm. It's not my cup of tea. It's not bad, though. It's actually kind of good. Just not in the way I want it to be. So I can't totally poop on it, but I will give it three stars. Okay. It's all right. No, it's not it, bad. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me, when I was in high school, I went to a... Uh, um, uh, to see the tempest, and it was it was in in traditional traditional uh, script. Oh, but it was in modern clothing. Oh, completely took me out of the story. Yeah, I could not get into it. Yeah, couldn't get into it. If you're gonna do I, modern I clothing and sets, at least do modern speech. Exactly. Nope they had they had that dichotomy I was talking about earlier, and what, what you're talking about with this book, and it just ruined my brain. Yeah. I couldn't do it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't like where the new creative team's going with this. I'm going to get a couple more issues just to be sure, you know. But like I said, it's at least a lot to be desired. Whereas I would have gone two and a quarter. Well, I can't do quarters. I can do two and a half. But like I said, I, I was amused the whole time. I never went, wow, this book is utter garbage, you know. I never thought it was bad at any point. It's like I wish – it, it was a lot of I wish this was better. Yeah, if, if it's better than meh. 
it's yeah. three stars. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's, it's a three star. Meh, yeah. meh is two and a half. Yeah, right. yeah, two and a half is. I didn't hate it. Didn't love it. It's a very average book. This was. I liked it. I was amused. I didn't love it at any point. Yeah. All right, Uncanny yeah. X Men number eleven, written by Matthew Rosenberg, art by Salvador Larocca, John McRae, and Juan Ramirez. Colors by Rochelle Rosenberg and Mike Spicer. Cover by Salvador Larocca and Rochelle Rosenberg. Larocca. Now, I call this issue 1-1. One, one. Why do I call this issue 1-1? One, one? Because I'm actually stunned that Marvel did not issue this as number one. Because everything changes this issue. Everything. 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 Um, the last time we looked into the X-Men... Bad stuff had happened. They had that crazy X-Man, Nathan Gray, I'm going to save the universe crap going on. And they're going to do that by taking away all of humanity's religious icons and making myself their religion. You know, all that crap. Quote, unquote, false idols. Yeah, yeah. Um, they actually made a news story because the... Uh, who It was the... It, oddly enough, it wasn't the Christians. It wasn't the Muslims. It was the uh, it was the Eastern religion. But, the Buddhists? Uh, yeah, it showed Ankar Wat like, being taken away as a false idol. And they actually officially complained to Marvel about that. It's like, well, they also showed the Vatican and the big black box at Mecca. I forget the real term for it, and I'm trying to be insulting. I just can't remember the right name for it. Um, they showed that, you know, as being false idols, too. It's that they were just singling you out, buddy. He was taking all major religions and saying they were, you know, right. so... But they were, you know, they said a big thing. They wanted an apology. They wanted restitution. And no. fortunately, you know, Marvel has told him, like, dude, it's a comic book story about people shoot lasers from their eyes. And he had all the major religions. So it's not like we were singling you out or anything. Yeah, it's like it's, you know, it's not like you have no basis. So later. But pretty much all the mutants are dead. All the experts are dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Recent. Cyclops, you might recall, died a while ago. But he's back. How'd that happen? It happened a little bit ago. Okay. Um, the younger version of Cable killed the older version of Cable. Don't start yelling out paradoxes. And when asked why he did it, he said, because I screwed up way too much and someone had to do something about me and the only person who could do that was me. Buddhist, thank you. Thank you, Ravensar. Yeah, the Buddhist complaint. Of course, that's what he said to you. Didn't I say it? You yeah. did, but okay. I trust Raven's Lair more. Oh, fair I, enough. I know you too well. Fair enough. <laughs> so the... So Cable, young Cable, killed the older version of himself because the older version of himself screwed up too much and couldn't fix it and just kept making things worse. So he had to stop that. And he also engineered a stunt where when... He had a piece of the Phoenix Force, like a part of it was siphoned off, a little tiny, little teeny tiny part, and was buried with him. So that way, later, he went and dug him out, and that little bit of Phoenix Force brought him back to life. Sure. Pax says, all realists think they're the one true religion, so it's no great shock when they complain about their own faith being slighted, but not the others. True, but I was surprised they all didn't complain. Mm. It was only one. And it was the Buddhists, who I thought I know, would be right? the most live and let yeah, live of them. They'd be, yeah, they'd be the most chill about it. That's why I thought no. it was the odd. It's like, you know, if, if the Muslims started complaining, I'd expect that immediately. Yeah, I expect you know, that one, yeah. If 
you know, if the Christians did it, well, most Christians aren't Catholic. They're Protestant. They they wouldn't care if you show, you know, the Vatican. They they don't no, care. No, they, they don't like the Vatican anyway, so what's right. the point? So, and they didn't complain. So it's not funny. Like, aren't you Buddhist? Aren't you supposed to just be, like, you know, chill about it? Anyway. So, anyway, back to this. So they signed on a piece of the Phoenix Force. They used that to bring him back from the dead. Which, honestly, when it comes to bringing comic book characters back from the dead, it's honestly one of the best ones. Honestly. Yeah, that, that's the most plausible of that, all the crap that yeah, I Yeah, it's like, oh, Phoenix yeah. Force does that. So, sure, I'm on board. It's better than was a scroll, was a clone, EMH, life model decoy. Mm-hmm. Um, was it another dimension? Is me from a different timeline? None of that. Makes logical sense right there. Sure. It all depends on the flavor of Buddhism. Oh, no. No! Fair enough. So the and of course Cyclops is like, uh, what you did was wrong, and young Cable's like, it was less wrong than any other option. It's like that's that's not cool. And he's like, well I'm gonna fix things. He's like he's like, okay, here's the problem. You can't just fix things. That's what caused you all your problems in the first place. Remember how you ended up with war with the Avengers because you were trying to fix things? Remember how you killed Professor Xavier because you're trying to fix things? Yeah, yeah. You wanna settle down that a little bit. But let me tell you something. You have to fix this. Later. <laughs> He's like... Oh, that was mean. Yeah, it was kind of mean. It's kind of fun. It's a little annoying. Like, it's a little bit, uh, time travel shenanigans. But, sure. But that happened in a previous side story. In this, he's trying to find out what the heck happened. Because he has no idea what happened since when he died and when he came back. Mm-hmm. All the extra are gone. Almost all the mutants are dead. Everyone's getting uh, anti-mutant vaccines. Right? So their kids can't be mutants. The sure. And he's just trying to track down somebody, anybody at first. And he ends up tracking first the first person he ends up uh first mutant he ends up actually running into is Blindfold. Blindfold was a character from a while ago. She could see the future. He has no actual physical eyes, that's why she always wears the blindfold. He's actually not looking for Rachel. He's actually trying to find anyone, pretty much. He's trying to figure out a way to solve what happened. Because uh, right now he just sees, like, the entire... Like, it's not just, oh, we hate the mutants. Like, the mutants are dead. Almost all of them. And he's watching all of them being systematically wiped out. And he needs to find a way to fix this. But he doesn't know where the hell to go. Rachel's be a good start. But she's dead. Everyone's dead, they say. But he runs into Blindfold, and Blindfold based, you know, he's like, I've been looking for her. She's like, I know, I, I can see everything. But this is forever. You're not going to change this. You're not going to find who you're looking for. And you need not look for me anymore. He's like, no, there's, there's, there's all this messed up. I was like, yeah, it is messed up. It's just, this is forever. This, this is the new now. Get, get over it. Uh, eventually, uh, in his searching for more mutants, he ends up finding uh, Jamie Madrox, multiple man who's still around. Yeah. Okay. And Madrox says, like, basically says the same thing, like, look, everyone who's still around is in deep, deep hiding. That's why you can't find anyone. He's like, well, you found me. He's like, yeah, it's kind of what I do. I do that. Blindfield Oracle is Oracle, reborn from Mystique's girlfriend from the 90s. All right, fair enough. Uh, after talking to Jamie Madrox, uh, Cyclops ends up going to this big anti-mutant rally where this uh, 
person running for political. It's a senator, but not the same senator who they were having issues with earlier. That mm-hmm. senator who like made like the uh, the nano sentinel. She's actually had a huge change of heart, realizing how far she had gone, and she's actually now pro mutant, and she actually is losing her office because of it. Yeah, same basic character, Raven Slayer. But there's other senators like jumping up and down about, ah, oh, the mutants are bad, and we're getting rid of all of them, and protecting your children. And, you know, then, you know, Sykes in the crowd is like, it's like, wow, and I thought all the Nazis were gone. She's like, ah, oh, you must be a beauty lover. It's like, don't use that word. And then, you know, the people in the crowd start beating up on him. They knock his glasses off. It's like, oh, wait, they're like, oh, he's a beauty too. When he opens his eyes, because he can't fear. And then Captain America jumps in, and they don't turn to a big fight, but it turns like, you need to stop this. And it's actually, there's a nice moment where Cyclops says to him, remember when the Avengers and the X-Men were fighting? And you said you always wished you could have done more to help? Look where the hell we are now. Where was your help? Where was your help? You were there. You could have yeah, done Yeah, but I something. was the Nazi. Oh. Yeah, that <laughs> actually was about probably around the same time. And Cap's like, look, it's a little more than you think. He's like, no, no. I don't even listen to your crap. This is bull. I try. I can't believe a word you're saying. And Cap can't tell him, well, I was kind of evil and dead at the time. So he gets, so Cyclops turned the camera. like, all right, you know, since you're live here, here, this is what I'm saying. I'm looking for any mutants to join me. I'm trying to go. We're going to the bottom of what happened. We're going to fix things. I want, in two weeks' time, any mutants, please meet me at where it all started, okay? And he leaves. Two weeks later, he's hanging out at the bulldozed site of the original site of the X-Men mansion. That's been completely bulldozed. Of course, the mansion itself was teleported anywhere. He's at the man- He's at the original mansion site. And here's a voice. Oh, thank God you're here. He looks, and it's uh, a bunch of the, what's the Homo sapien squad. And basically, like, every single X-Men villain, not villain, but the, uh, the group show up, the Acolytes, um, all those losers show up. The Hominid, the Ravagers, all those Ravagers? jerks. Wow, I haven't seen those guys since the 90s. Is it the Ravagers? I'm trying to remember the right name for them. But, uh... The Marauders. You know, the Reavers, the Reavers. Oh, the Reavers, yeah, that's the Reavers, that's right. Donald that's Pierce right. and the Reavers, the Purifiers, all those jerks show up. Yep. The Sapien League. Yeah, all these losers show up, and they're going to kill him. And they're like, we can't believe you're dumb enough to let us all know where you are and when. We're all just going to kill you now. Like, this is the best day ever. They're like, a thousand bucks, whoever kills me. Like, yeah, cool, whatever. And, you know, it's, of course, it's in the snow at night. Mm. And, like, it's like... And then uh, one of them says, hey, before you start, I just need to know, uh, after all this time, what's it like knowing that you failed? Knowing that all your friends died and the world doesn't care. And you're now uh, going to die all alone. To which a voice comes from nowhere. He ain't alone. Snicked. Ah. And this is going to be fun. And uh, Wolverine, the actual Wolverine, not old man Logan, not young man Logan, not kid Wolverine, not X-23, not animated Wolverine from Dimension 7. No! The actual real Wolverine jumps in there, and they proceed to murderize the living hell out of all of them. Brainless says, all I have to do is let this optic blast at full force. Yes, that's true. That is true. 
I agree. He is one of those powerful mutants on the planet. He could do that. But he's probably uh, he's so beset upon currently by guilt, remorse, and doubt that he doesn't want to kill anybody else. Yeah, he basically by announcing where he was going, he knew he was committing suicide. He knew it. Um. Oh, did that happen in this story? Um, so they proceed to murderize a lot of them and then it's like those only those two are left alive of course and uh, they're like Logan Slim now uh, now they're all cut up let's go we got work to do so that's kind of a cool ending I like it but here's the thing there are three stories in this book this is a big-ass comic. Yeah. That's a full-length story. The second story is what was happening with Wolverine during this time period. Oh. Which is actually a really interesting take, because you start seeing another side of the story, where Blindfold talks to Wolverine about what's going on. Where, well, you know, she's like, you need help. Where Blindfold, you know, sees young Cable about to snipe someone, and Wolverine tears up his weapon. He's like, what the? And he shoots Wolverine in the eye. He's like, ah, oh, you owe me an eye, kid. He's like, Wait, you're not one of the other Wolverines. You're the actual one, right? That's good. I've been waiting for you. I need your help. You need to protect Summers. He's like, I'm done dealing with his freaking problems. He's been a pain in my ass my whole life. I'm done with him. It's like, yeah. He's like, you know, basically says you don't understand the situation. And he starts to kind of see like the similar places where Cyclops was, where now Wolverine is going. Like at the big anti-mutant rally, you see... Uh, Captain America going, there's someone up on the roof. And then Winter Soldier and Scarlet uh, Black Widow end up like behind him. It's like, you've gotten sloppy, Wolverine. We caught you this easy. He's like, I knew you were coming. I let you see me. It's like, I know what you're thinking. It's a bad idea. Don't get involved. He's like, what? I see a big, uh, big Nazi rally down there and you guys aren't doing anything. You're guards for this. This is freaking pathetic. It's like, that's not what's going on. We're here just to make sure no one gets hurt because of these idiots. We're not on their side. We just don't want a freaking riot. And then he's like, well, you're about to get one. And they're like, oh, crap, what's Cyclops doing down there? And that's when, you know, they start to see the laser blast going off, and then Cap has to go in there. And Wolverine's like, God, like, they're like, hold off. If you go in there, you're known. If that crowd sees Wolverine jumping in there, that's a freaking slaughter. Mm. You cannot go down there. Let Cap defuse this. Because this is a powder keg right now. That is the worst place for you to be. He's like, yeah, I guess you're right. And so it's actually neat seeing all these different moments from different angles. Uh, you saw that Wolverine, after talking with, with uh, Cable, Wolverine went by Jamie Maddox's house, uh, where he's married with Lila and they have a kid. And and Jamie Maddox's like, how did you find us? He's like, finding people is what I do. And Maddox is like, well, that's a good line. So you know that later in the timeline, when he tells Cyclops, well, finding people's what I do. You know, he's totally stole the line. It was, yeah. it, which is a neat little thing. It's a, uh, Yeah, it's a little Easter egg. Yeah, a little Easter yeah. egg, neat moment. Uh, you also see Wolverine tracks down Blindfold uh, to where she moved. This one for the 80s, basically. Yes, it's good Wolverine from the 80s. And when he finds her, she's dead in her bathtub with her wrist slit with This Is Forever written on the wall. And he's like, oh my gosh, someone killed... No, you did this. 
Oh, it's a really dark scene that you don't expect in an Uncanny X-Men yeah. book. Yeah. But yeah, she killed herself and just wrote This Is Forever on it, on the wall. And then it goes to him, like, watching um, all the people showing up to kill Cyclops. And he's just sitting in a tree drinking beers, you know. He's Because he's still conflicted whether or not to even get involved. There's some other stuff where they both visit, like Callisto and uh, the underground and all that kind of stuff. Eh. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, you find a scene at the point where he's like, damn it, he has to go in there and help. The third story is short. It's only, like, it's only a few pages, but you actually see blindfold start of everything. And it's really a dark story. Wait, did it show what she saw as the future? Or no. The reason she killed herself? Well, no. But mm. you do get the idea that she knows that this is a perpetual cycle right now, or a perpetual state that she can't see the end of. And the problem with that is she can see the future up to a point, and that's the point where she dies. Oh. So she knew she was going to die at that point. And that's why she was warning the other people, this is forever. This, you know. And trying to get some way out. And actually trying to... So yeah, actually, it's a real kind of a winding but really dark story. That kind of showing yeah. her background and the stuff, messed up stuff that happened to her during the purge. And she found the perfect place to hide was... Like I said, she's Oracle. Yeah. She found the perfect place to hide was in like the super rich neighborhood because rich people don't look at their neighbors. Whereas like in the slums, they, you know, they're looking who has the meth house or whatever. And the rich people, as long as your lawn's maintained, they're not even looking at you. So she uh, decided that she would become rich, so she just decided to win the lottery so that she could see tomorrow's numbers. Uh, she did that. So that's, you know, interesting but yeah, really dark, really short story showing her part in it. And uh, I wanted to hate this comic. I really did. It's all Cyclops, and then it's all Wolverine. And, the and then f- it's all really, really dark kid I stuff. I didn't know that part. We're going into it. Yeah. I just I just knew, oh boy, Cyclops is back. Because I read the issue where Cyclops was back from the dead, and I was like, oh god. And then I got this. And I'm, it's good. I really liked it. It because there is like some of the angsty. Oh, why did you help us? But it's one of those points where you have to. Everything Cyclops says, you're like he has a point. Why the hell didn't anyone help? All those people said, "Oh, I wish I could have done more." You sure as hell didn't. And I'm a Captain America fan, and I'm like, he's got you, Cap. I don't. Were you really dead at the time? Were I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, a lot of dark stuff. This is a heck of a book. What bothers me is when I see like the. The future um, solicitations for X-Men, and it shows all the hipster X-Men with their beanies and their curled mustaches and stuff. And uh, mm. I'm like, wow. If that's where Scar- this ends up, then they should have just... Scarves in July. Yeah. If that's where this ends up, which it is going to, they should have just stayed dead. Um, but this book was really good. And I'm, actually, and I'm stunned they didn't label it number one. Because it's a totally, it's a total jumping on point. Uh, Riz says, yeah, they have done a great job going back to Chris Claremont and John Byrne. Yeah, this issue, definitely. Um, wow. I'm terrified where it's going. Just because I've seen, I've only seen images, but sometimes you look at cover like, oh God, please don't. That can't be the team. I'm worried about that. 
But this book was fantastic. Uh, four and a half stars. Short of perfect. But wow, what a great book. Really enjoyed it. Uh, dark when it needed to be. Had a couple light moments to break up the tension. You had two complete stories and one mini story. Big old book. Wow, really liked it. Really liked it. I didn't show the interior art because I got too caught up. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what it looked like. Um, yeah, great book. Great book. Alright, and that is it for the comic poll this week. End on a high note. That's what I like to do. What do you think of this? What do you think of the new direction X-Men is going? Right now, it looks really promising. Even though I've seen treatment pictures come to the future, they're frightening me. What do you think about the new Red Sonja? Um, I said I don't like the direction I think that's going, but maybe I have the wrong opinion. Let me know. Uh, Rayo says if they had given Oracle Story a full statement, I would have gone five stars. Yeah, if they had given Oracle like a, the same treatment the others got, that definitely would have been something. But it was just really short. To give you a taste of what it was. But I really want to see more of her character. Um, yeah, I agree with that. But if you have any thoughts, if it's your comics I should check out, let me know. I'm really light on... My poll is almost all Marvel right now. If you have a non-Marvel book you think I should read, let me know. Uh, if it has Batman in it, I'm going to tell you no. I used to like Batman a lot. DC made me hate Batman. They made me hate Batman. It's true. They and that's it. wrong. Um, and their movies suck. Yeah. Just want to say. Uh, so if you have any suggestions for future comic please let me know. So don't miss it up so you can follow on Twitch, get notified when new episodes come out of the live stream. And you can subscribe. Yay! And then you're available and willing and possible to get us subscriber-only giveaways, which happen every single month. Uh, you can also get notified on YouTube when the individual Garthons comic poll or other segments are uploaded. So you can watch it there and comment. We will comment back. I'm a little slow on that sometimes. I apologize. Uh, but we did have a comment about the new Red Sonja series coming up. And this is what I think of it. So I hope you like that. If you want more Garthons, you can check it on YouTube. Just talked about that. I stream on Sunday with He the Dog playing Star Trek Online. We're doing foundry missions. That has been fun. Now that the foundry is mainly working yes. for play, not for construction. Yeah. And uh, also past streams, check those out. You can watch me be very sad in Banner Saga, even when even when I won. <laughs> <laughs> and you can watch me be very sad at War Machine Tactics because there's no winning that game. Anyone involved is a loser. <laughs> Maybe the audience wins, but uh, if you play and paid for and were part of the Kickstarter of War Machine Tactics, you are one of the losers. I had to say it. It's fine. Still hurts. Oh, and for more content, you can check out my team host with Heathen Dog to other players. Thank you very much. All right, now it's time for the RNG. We're talking about random things happening. So, Heathen Dog, what are your musings this week? Well, I was thinking about this as I was uh, reading up and doing my slides for the Dark Side Source book. And I was thinking, man. This, this game got a real bad rap. I mean, it got the fuzzy end of the lollipop. I can understand why a lot of people would think that. I understand why they didn't do it, because a, the lion's share of people I've spoken to do not like D&D 3.0. See, they I have not. a very different... Well, most people I've talked to really like D&D 3.5. Okay. And most of them don't like 4. 
I've met actually very few people who were regular D&D players who hated 3.5. But the Star Wars system was based off 3.0, not 3.5. Yes. Yes. I mean, uh, when, when the Revised came out two years later, they tried to make changes to it. They, they, they changed it a little bit to make it a little more updated, but still it had the same feel. But uh, Four is an abomination. I agree. Force nomination. Yeah. Now I understand through through playing an entire campaign in it, there are some things about it that are stupid. Like uh, armor is not useless; it's actually only a hindrance. Armor in this game is a hindrance because of the wound and vitality system. Armor gives you a damage resistance, but only if you're hit. Right. That's not part D and D. That's pretty unique to the Star Wars. Story. I know exactly, exactly. Now, the, this is this is why I un I understand so well. Well, you can't cut off people's hands if they have armor. Well, no, no. I mean, because because of the vitality system, no, if you hit you a someone, Star Wars joke. I understand. If you hit someone, and they have they have vitality enough to 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 not yet get into wounds when they take away that amount of damage, you didn't actually hit them, which means the armor doesn't work. The armor only works when your vitality is all gone and you just have wound points left. Which seems really silly. It is really silly. It is. And so the only time an armor is useful for 90% of the for you know the, the only time an, an what the only thing an armor is doing for 90% of the fight is giving you minuses to things like jump and swim and stuff because it's a because it's encumbering. Well, I mean That's all it's doing. I feel like the movies, the only people who are in armor are like stormtroopers and mercenaries. That's 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 what I'm that segues nicely into the wound vitality system. Why I love it so much. Watching the watching the Star Wars movies as a kid, I was always wondering why. And this is where I almost made clips. Ben Kenobi was 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 on Tatooine with with Skywalker, and they they saw the Jawa massacre. And he said, you see those shots? They're so precise. Only stormtroopers can do that. And then throughout the rest of the three movies, yeah, they, stormtroopers couldn't hit crap. Yeah, they fire blindly into the air. Exactly. Yeah. Apparently couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. Now I know why. And everyone can hit stormtroopers. You can almost not look and hit a stormtrooper. Well, right? they're so densely packed, you know. Yeah. But now I know why. It was because of the vitality system. Because all of the heroic classes have vitality, which means you can hit them and still not hit them. Whereas stormtroopers were just were a professional class. Thug. They never get vitality. As they go up in level, they get skill points. They get some special abilities. They get feats. They get all that stuff, but they never get vitality. Mm, which point. means every hit actually hits them. And for them, armor is actually useful 100% of the time, which is why they always wear it. Fair enough. I get it. it the, the game made me understand that. I'm like, you explained an entire segment of my childhood that was unexplainable <laughs> to me. Thank you, game. Thank you. I appreciate it. Whoever made that as part of the game had to watch the movie and go, how can I explain this? Ha ha! And there you go. Now, another bad part of the game, what a lot of people thought was bad, was the skill points were cumbersome. You got so many skill points every level, you had to allocate them, and it was uh, it was troublesome. And that's one I don't agree with. I don't agree with it at all. Because at the end of every level, I'm just used to, 
you know, doing house, the beginning of a new level, I'm used to doing housekeeping like that, you know, adding up skill points, uh, going through your attack bonus, see if it's changed, has your defense bonus changed, do you get a class feed, a class skill, you know, a special ability, whatever, you know, I'm used to doing that throughout, throughout genres of games. So that really didn't bother me. I don't know why they were so upset about that. Didn't bother me at all. I liked it. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I don't, I don't mind spending points. Some people actually, even in character creation, hate using points. They always want to roll their stats or some. Yeah, I, I get it. it. I get it. I got it when I was 13. But, you know, when you get a little more mature, you're like, wow, this really is awesome seeing how everyone has all these 18s in their stats. I'm sure they all rolled those. Yeah, I'm sure they all rolled that. Sure. Or okay. everyone rolls in front of you. Or they use a rolling system where it's so heavily weighted to you not rolling yeah. crap stats. Why even bothering? Yeah, yeah, it's it's like it's like you roll eight d six and subtract and and take away the lowest five. Right. Like what? Well, you start with a base of eight, then you roll two d six and add it to each stat, and you but you get a drop and you roll at eight times and drop the lowest. Well, it's like, what? You know, it's like no, just I like the point systems for even D and D. Just I understand. Creates balanced characters, and honestly, your stats don't matter that much. Yes. Now, another thing that people hated about it was that force users were completely OP. Oh yeah, that's that, true. Oh yeah, that that's, one that's, I get. That's just oh true, yeah. yeah, you are. Yep, I got nothing for that. I got nothing for it because I completely agree. Now, I it didn't affect my game because I played a Jedi. Oh, I played in the Adventurers League, and I made a oh god, what's that? Not scoundrel. Well, well, Luke Skywalker started as the uh, a fringer. Yeah, I played a fringer. Wow, that I was the use most useless character in the team. No yep. useful skills. None. I know. That's just the way it is. I mean, fr- fringers are great at at uh, sca- scrounging up stuff, gathering information, or fixing some stuff. But that's well, it. Yeah, if I was on my home planet, I was fine. Yeah. But yeah. other than that, no. Nah, yeah, I made up for great. it with creative role-playing, but uh, oh, I was ve- almost useless. Yeah. Now, 46 the, the, drop it, lows, but ignore any one or two rolled. Exactly, yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's not just the fringer. Compared to any force-using class, a non-force-using class is objectively not as good. Yes. Because because a force user can do everything that a normal person can do and more. And... This, but this is known. I mean, throughout all the movies, even the prequels, if you were a force user, you were objectively better than everybody else. So it was written right, correctly for the canon. That's you know? true. So you want to get mad about that? Okay, I guess you can get mad about that or play a force user. Right. And that's the thing. Like, why would you play anything other than a force user then? You know, if you're going to look at power levels, there's no reason to. But it's so easy to do a Jedi campaign. And with the Dark Side source book, it's so easy to do a Sith campaign or a a Dark Side user campaign. You know, it's simple to do that. So everyone's on the same page. Let me add something to that. Shoot. I've been in a, I'm not going to say a lot. I've been in a few Star Wars campaigns. And for mm-hmm. some reason, everyone feels you got to have a Jedi or two, which is fine. Or it's either like, or that's a no Jedi campaign. We're going to be different. You end up with the combat guy or guy, the mercenary guy, the pilot guy. The, the slicer guy. The slicer the, guy. And then you got, well, the in a normal guy. campaign, you have like your two or three Jedi. Then you got your pilot, mm-hmm. you got your mercenary, and you got your slicer guy. Or a doctor, maybe. Or a doctor. Well, no, you know, you, you, have the, you have the Jedi around. You don't really need a doctor. True. But here's the thing. The pilot guy's always useless. 
unless you're fly, unless you are doing a lot of flying around missions, and even then, all you do is flying around. Unless the game master spends a lot of time. Oh look, you're attacked in the air again, and then everyone else goes and you know goes outside for a coffee break while the one guy who can fly the ship and the one guy who can man the guns are like, okay, we do this maneuver, this, you know. Well, now I I didn't think you needed a you needed a a specific skill to fire guns on a ship. You do. You do. <laughs> there's Damn a it. skill for it. All right. You uh, there, there's computer aided for it as I remember, so anyone could do it, but largely ends yep. up being the pilot does everything and everyone. Well, I guess I can attack now. Hmm. So it. It's kind of like the, the classic slicer slash hacker problem. Yeah. Where, okay, yeah. well, he's in cyberspace. Everyone else could do something else. Shadowrun Decker. Con- yeah, the Shadowrun Decker where I'm yeah. useless unless the adventure is specifically for me. So. And then it's specifically not for everybody else. Right. Yeah, so, exactly right. So really with that kind of game, you're, all, you're pretty much better off just saying you're all Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, pretty you much. Know, it's true. Get it's a ride. True. Or you're all mercenaries, you know. Just try to avoid you, the. Yeah. Even though it's a, a trope from the film, Han Solo didn't just fly the dang plane. No. So. Yeah. Yes, I know it's not a plane. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. And uh, oh, there was another one. Oh, I had it and I lost it. Dang it. That's my fault. It is. You went off on the thing. I did. I took the tangent and went with it. Yes, you did. But you were discussing, uh, like, the, the classes and stats and how Jedi are objectively better than other yes, classes for a reason. they are. I mean, uh, but it was written to be that way. I, right. I get it. Yeah, They I have the Force. They're going to be better. They're going to be better. Exactly right. Yeah, that's the way they, it is. And the thing is, any anyone, when when they get their, their fourth-level feet, can get Force-sensitive. That's true. And then you don't ha- even have to be trained. You can use three force skills untrained, just having the force sensitive feet. And they are useful skills. Razor was a Krillian smuggler. That could be fun. And could be fun. But then yeah. again, that is depending on how much smuggling you're actually doing, you know, and how the oh. campaign is. And I found, I remembered it now. Right. Uh, the the uh, multi-classing. A lot of people that I've spoken to, that I've, that I've read forms for, they hated how easy it was to multi-class. I think it was that way on purpose. It was that way on purpose. Because and that, that way you could start out as a non-Jedi and become a Jedi. It's It wasn't, you, you know, no, no. It, it was the way for non-Jedi to to get skills to make them competitive. Oh, fair enough. But people didn't use that. Like, oh, no, I'm going to go all 20 levels of smuggler or all 20 levels of noble because every time it just gets better. No, man. I need 20 levels of fringer. What's wrong with you? No, no, you... <laughs> You're 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 supposed to get a couple levels of this, a couple levels of that. Then you move over to a prestige class, get some of that, and maybe even get like my my Jedi character had one, two, three. I had four classes by the time I was sixteenth level. That's four. impressive. Yes, I had my my first level was Force Adept. I didn't start off as a Jedi. I started off as a Force Adept. That that's because of the way the the campaign started. And then then I went to Jedi Guardian. Then I went from Jedi Guardian to uh, Jedi Weapon Master, and then finally I had I got two levels of Jedi Master at the end. Sounds but good. that gave me a wide array of combat abilities. Now uh, the the my my partner, uh, I, I had a twin brother. He was also a Jedi, and he was also a Jedi Guardian. But he went, 
uh, he didn't do force adept. He he just he he didn't he didn't take a class until he was able to take Jedi Guardian. He took Jedi Guardian. Then he took uh, Jedi Ace for piloting stuff. Then he took Jedi Investigator, and then one level of Jedi Master at the end. There you go. There you go. He he's a he's a kick-ass fighter, and he's a kick-ass pilot, because uh, J- Jedi Ace is the is the Jedi pilot pre- uh, prestige class for uh, fighting fighting in in small maneuverable fighters like right. like the like, like the, the A wing, yeah, the X wing or the A wing or whatever like that you know from the from the movies. So uh, yeah, you get you get mad bonuses doing that. So he didn't have to dump a lot of skills. He just dumped a couple of levels into Jedi Ace, and boom, there you go. But anyone, even non-Force users, could do that. I mean, you could start off as a level of Fringer. You could go to Smuggler. Then then you can have a couple of levels of Soldier to get your hit points up, to, to, to get some of the cross-class skills as class skills now. And then you get uh, Ace Pilot. There's a Prestige class for Ace Pilot. Then there, there's a Prestige class for... Uh, uh, you can have bounty hunter. You get a couple of couple levels of that. You can get four levels of non-force using class, and now you are a force to be reckoned with. A, a couple levels of bounty hunter and a couple levels of ace pilot make you a little mini Boba Fett. That's true. And with a couple levels of smuggler in there, everything's cheaper. You you can scrounge for stuff, get stuff for free. You can get deals on stuff and markets. Sounds nice. Yeah, and with that with that one level of fringer. Uh, you you get I believe the first level of Fringer gives you some kind of jury rig ability where you can repair stuff on the fly. I think so. I don't remember. It's great. I mean, you you can mix and match a lot. The 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 whole ease of multiclassing was supposed to be for the non Jedi's benefit, but everyone for some reason saw it as a hindrance. I don't get it. And uh, multiclassing in the book was purposefully made very easy. They say you can take any class you want as long as the GM says it's okay. For like no reason at all. As long as the GM says it's okay. If, if the GM wants to put put restrictions like, no, you need a trainer for this, you need a teacher, you got to put in the time, then that's then that's that's the gold standard. But he, they don't. there's nothing in the book preventing you from taking any class at any time as long as you have the experience points. Makes sense. Yeah. and it's more fun that way really yes so my overall experience with the with the game i mean uh true to be fair i played the revised edition but uh it was good i had fun doing it i get some of the stuff like the armor is useless it is it just is it's stupid for 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 anyone with a heroic class it's just a dumb idea yeah you know but uh the other the other around and and, and that and that force users rop fine they're they're a little better than all non-forces, but everything else the 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 multi-class system, the the point system, all that stuff, I I really like. I'm different. I'm on the other side than most people I've I've uh, talked to and read about. I'm on the other side of that. I love that part of the game, especially the vitality wound system. And uh, for for the new uh, what was it? Uh, they have a brand new game coming out, or uh, that's already out from uh, First Flight Games. I think it is. It's a it's a sounds right. It's yeah, it's it's the it's a new Star Wars holder for that. They completely got rid of the the wound vitality went straight to hit points again, which sucks. I'm like, yeah. oh man, they, they they have some kind of damage counter type thing, like like a, well, like like a wound threshold type deal where it does stuff. But I haven't read the book, so I'm not I can't speak intelligent on that. But I love the vitality system. I loved it. Well, you're thinking about the Star Wars 
game that existed between those two, which actually used these weird dice with different symbols on it. It was like a storytelling system. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even... I don't know anything about that. It's actually a really interesting system, but it... I actually think it's a great system, but it has the same problem that the World of Darkness games have, in that if you don't have a good Dungeon Master or Game Master, mm. it sucks. Yeah, it's going to be bad Like time. You, I mean, could you roll, have to really have a storyteller. Right, and you can do game. stuff like yeah. roll a critical success with complications. And so, it's, so like, if you're flying for the bad guys, like, yeah, you do the roll you get between the asteroids, and you manage to shake them off, and the explosion that happens is basically completely lose your signal. Yay! But it scraped off your antennas, and you have, you know, you have to be able to just come up with something like that. Otherwise, it's like, I guess you got away, but you didn't, you know. Which uh, is what your, the dice Your say. vehicle took some damage, I guess. Yeah, yeah. you know, or yeah. I don't even know how the hell to do with that. Because it'll put give you some weird results. Like, you could have a failure, but also, like, an amazing good thing happens at the same time. You're like, uh... You know, so... It, it was a really neat system, but really heavily relied on storytelling. And I just thought it was a great idea. But you had to have the right people. Right, right. Yeah, if, if you get a critical failure, but... But uh, some kind of weird role where, where the the, uh, the critical failure also has some kind of boon effect for you. It would be something like uh, you you completely miss your objective with your bullet, but it bounces off two walls and and hits a guy behind you who who is going to hit you with a sap or something like that. Well, it's something yeah. like what is it like? You could have I forget the exact way it could work, but something like you could actually like let's say you're in combat, you could have a critical failure, but have a social critical success at the same time. So, oh, you, you failed, but you look good doing it. Yeah, or, like, let's say you failed, you know, you're, you lose the fight, you get captured, but it turns out one of the guards who captured you falls in love with you. Oh, nice. You know, stuff like that is, what you know, just weird stuff you wouldn't even think of happening because you got those wacky results. Usually stuff like that didn't come up, but it could. And that was, like, it forced GMs to think on their feet, and some players loved it, some GMs loved it, a lot of people was like, this is just too weird. Because mm -hmm. it also wasn't like a one through five result. It would like be a weird symbol. You right. Know? Got it. I understand. I understand. But yeah, that, that is that is my take on the uh, on the Star Wars D, D20 game. Uh, I loved it. Uh, there are There is some legitimate gripes about it. But overall, I didn't have a problem with it. I thought it was a good game. I, I'll agree with you there. Overall, I liked it. It was yeah. a good system. It was a lot more intuitive to use than... Like the West End games D6. Oh system. God, that D it was that was so clumsy. It was an interesting system. It was. It was really good. It was just it so was, painful to it play was, it. It was weird if you especially if you used to like a D twenty system, it was so weird mm -hmm. with that D six system. But yep. the D six system did have some interesting flexibility. It did. It but did. But it, it was, was just so hard playing weird it. to work with to get your mind around. Yeah. Thank you, mm -hmm. Heathen Dog. You're welcome. All right, everyone, Murray, that is our show, but spread the word, because in 2019, we're going to have our special contest specifically for this venue supporters. All four goals to 2019 will help for three months. Legion will have a giveaway contest that gives at least 1,000 in prizes. The more growth, the more prizes. Tell everyone, friends, family, youth groups, everyone, old groups, knitting, sewing circles, knitting clubs, book clubs. Good night, packs. We have uh, lots of meetings. Join the Legion, spread the word, join us on Discord, follow us on Twitter, at Legion of Myth. You can watch us on YouTube, youtube.com, look for Legion of Myth, go on full screen, bam, because that's important stuff we're talking about here, kids. You can watch us live on Twitch every single day, we have something happening at some time on Twitch, 
Follow it. Love it. Watch it. Audio version, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, fine podcast aggregators everywhere. It is your support, my friends, that keep the Legion of Myth going. You can support us through Patreon if you're so inclined. Patreon.com slash Legion Myth. And if we get a total of 100 a month, we will unlock a Patreon subscriber-only giveaway! Big prizes. Streamlabs donation, twitch.studios.com slash Myth. Get your gear. Impress your friends. Intimidate your enemies. Find love in your Legion of Myth gear at shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion of Myth. Because when you're watching us live on Twitch, you can cheer us. Let us know how we're doing live on Twitch. Upcoming activities, we talked about these earlier. Subscriber giveaways on the 23rd. Be there. Be a subscriber. Get the best stuff. Gen Con 2020. Be there with us. January. It's when you need to be ready for that. Get the money. Get the ducat saved. Here's our streaming schedule. Elgarian. Monday through Friday at 9. Do you try the Avatar? In the afternoons on for your miscellaneous hodgepodge of games. You can read. You can look at that. He the dog. Sunday with Garthon at 9. Central. Star Trek Online. Monday, 8 Central, this war of mine. Thursday, 8.30 Central with Garthon. Four more Star Trek leveling Discovery era characters. That's been fun. Old Thank Man McCool. Old Man McCool. The angriest old man is Starfleet. <laughs> Mainly angry because he has to team up with Tilly. Ugh. Thank you, everyone. Remember, get one life. Live it well. Live it nerdy. And have a great journal and novel.